exalt you, God, in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's so good to be in church this morning in God's house. A big welcome to everyone this morning. Especially if you're new with us today, we want to give you a massive welcome in the room and online. We're giving a big shout out this morning to all our campuses, people who are watching online this morning. Derby, Sheffield, Rotherham, Stocksbridge. And of course, Rotherham is in the room. A big shout out to the Rotherham guys this morning. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Hey, grab your seats this morning. We're going to come to God's word. And I have the privilege of sharing with us today. My name's Dave, one of the pastors here at Icon Church, for those who don't know me. And uh, as you can tell, not originally from around these parts. Although my accent, some people say are f- it's fading, but I don't know. I think I've still got a quite a strong Belfast accent. That's until I go back home and then people change their mind. But it's great to be here this morning. And I've been thinking of this idea. We're on part three, as we've heard this morning, of our wait series. And if you've missed the first parts of that series, I want to encourage you to go back, listen to it. The great news is if you're listening to it for the first time this morning, if this is your first time with us here in church, this is a standalone message, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to the other ones as well, because it will make a greater sense as well. But our series is called Wait, and we've been focusing on the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And uh, as I say, it's an incredible privilege just to be able to share, because I believe God's going to do something in this place and online this morning, wherever you're watching from, whether Rotherham or one of our other sites, hey, we're just believing for just a pouring out of God's spirit this morning. Now, um, like Dave, he was saying earlier, uh, tomorrow in the UK is a big time for us because some of the restrictions are being lifted. Anyone happy with that this morning? Give us a cheer if you're happy with that. Some of you aren't so happy. You're used to just being on your own. That's what it is. That's what I guess this morning. Hey, but I'm excited. And the reason I'm excited is because restaurants are opening back up again. And uh, you'll be able to go and have a meal. Uh, so I want you to think this morning, hey, what's the favorite meal you're looking forward to? I know my son's looking forward to going back to Nando's. I know a few Nando's uh, people here this morning. Hey, I, I, I love a good steak. Sorry for the vegetarians and vegans this morning. I do eat vegetables as well, though. But uh, there's something powerful, isn't there, about having a meal together, sharing stories together, being there with one another. And, you know, I love that idea of just connecting with each other. It's not just the food, but it's connecting and sharing stories. And, you know, as we think of this uh, message this morning and the opening words of the book of Acts is what we're focusing on, we discovered there that Jesus is having a meal with his disciples. Now, this is no ordinary meal. It's better than Nando's, better than the great steakhouse, because here's a couple of things we need to recognize about Jesus this morning. As he was having this meal with his followers, let me explain if you're not aware of this. Jesus had died, he rose again, and he now was meeting with his followers over a period of 40 days, and he was here having a meal with his disciples. Now, let's just pause for a second, because if you're in church, that just sounds so familiar to us this morning, but it's not really. Can you imagine, just for a second, Jesus has risen from the dead, he's with you, and you're having a meal together. That's pretty remarkable, if you ask me. Anyone agree this morning? Come on, I think it's pretty amazing that Jesus was having a meal with his disciples. And the first 
uh, 10 verses in the book of Acts, uh, we discover a number of key things that are taking place as Jesus is meeting with his disciples. First of all, we're told that Jesus had given instructions to his disciples and his apostles by the power of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we discover here that after Jesus had suffered, he had presented himself and given many convincing proofs that he was alive. In fact, we read that Jesus appeared to, to lots of different people, and at one point he appeared to more than 500 people all at one go to prove that he had risen from the dead. On one occasion, as he was eating with his disciples, the followers of Jesus, he said this. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Just pause there for a second. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. Jesus had talked about the Holy Spirit before he had died on the cross, before he had resurrected. And now at this point, he's speaking again about this idea that his followers so desperately need the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. He says, wait, for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized. You're going to be filled. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit in your lives. He goes on to tell them, they, they begin to ask Jesus a question over this meal together. Just get that picture in your mind. They're having this amazing meal together. And, and, and he's saying to them, listen, guys, you've got to wait, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Because when he comes, he's going to help you. You need the Holy Spirit in your lives. And the disciples, as they're having this meal together with Jesus, they ask an important question. And they say, Jesus, when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Because they had been waiting for hundreds of years for, for the Messiah to come and to restore that which had been lost in previous times. And Jesus said, hey, hold on, guys. Listen, don't worry about that. Don't worry about the kingdom of Israel. That's not your concern. But he says, what you've got to do, you've got to take the message of who I am and you've got to share it with everyone you know. So in other words, these disciples, these apostles, these followers of Jesus, they were waiting and they, they, they came with this brilliant question. Jesus, when are you going to do this? Their focus was there. And Jesus at this point had to say, don't look there. Instead, look here. Look where the Holy Spirit is going to go. See what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Then we have this famous verse in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We had it on the screen. I love these words, but it says here, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's what I want to talk about. That strap line this morning, to the ends of of the earth. Now, this verse, it is important this morning. Why is it important? Well, that you know, we, we, we know in church, we've heard of the, the Last Supper, but this was probably most likely the last lunch. This was the last lunch that Jesus was having with his followers. And it's important because he, out of all the things Jesus could have said, he said this. I mean, Jesus could have said many, many things, but he said this to his followers and also to us. He said, but you will receive power 
Come on, you can say that this morning, can't you? Everyone say after three, one, two, three, power. You can say it even in my accent this morning if you want. Sounds a bit different when I say power, doesn't it? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Nathan preached a great message on that last week. If you've missed it, pick that up. It's great stuff in there. And I just want to touch on it as we go through again. For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. See, these disciples had heard these last words of Jesus out of anything that Jesus could have talked about. Jesus could have talked about mercy. He could have talked about grace. He could have talked about heaven. But he says this, guys, wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Now, I, I want to say that we've we got to understand that Jesus had promised, he had made a promise the Holy Spirit was going to come when he would leave. And just a few verses after, it says that Jesus, after speaking these words to the disciples, returned into heaven in a cloud. That's pretty remarkable stuff this morning. I tell you what, I get excited when I read this stuff because, uh, you know, it's so powerful stuff, a brilliant picture that we have here in the book of Acts. But, you know, can I say this? The people had experienced the Holy Spirit before. In the Old Testament, there was a group of people, a select group of people who had received the Holy Spirit. They were the prophets, they were the priests, and they were the kings. If you had a special title, a special role like that, then often God would come by the power of his Spirit in order to enable those people to fulfill their role. There were the prophets, there were the priests, and then there were kings. And in the Old Testament part of the Bible, people encountered the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, but not in this way. You see, this promise that we receive here is a promise that Jesus said it was going to be available to every follower and every person who believes in him. In Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, it says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters, they will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I don't know where you want to put yourself there, young or old. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. Can you see that back before Jesus, there was the prophets, the priests, and the kings, and they had experienced the Holy Spirit in their lives? But Jesus said, now hold on here, guys. Hold on, because there's a promise of the Holy Spirit. He's not just going to come for those people. He's coming for you. He's coming for you this morning, for every one of us who believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is coming to be poured out on every one of us. Now, what does that mean? That means actually you are as important as a king. That means that your role as a follower of Jesus, you're as important as a prophet or a priest because actually the promise is given to every one of us, not just for the select few anymore. The Holy Spirit comes to every one of us this morning and Jesus made this promise that the Holy Spirit would fill our lives. Not only would fill our lives, but actually, as we read right at the beginning here, it says this idea that Jesus said to his disciples, you know, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. John baptized in water. I don't know if we've got a picture that we can put up this morning of a baptism. You know, John baptized in water. But he says in a few days, 
you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you. When you see water baptism, here's what it reminds you of. That that person is completely saturated, aren't they? I mean, when you go under that water and you come up again, it's not just like you're a little bit wet. You are saturated. And I want to believe this morning that the Holy Spirit will come and right here in this space and as we watch online and in Rotherham this morning and wherever people are listening to this, I believe that God's going to saturate us by his Holy Spirit. Saturated. It's not just a sprinkling. It's a saturation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So Jesus made this promise. In fact, he had promised it before he had died, and he promised it again as he rose again before he departed. He promised that the Holy Spirit would come, not just for the select few, but for everyone who believes. Does that include you this morning? Come on in the room this morning. Does that include you? That includes every one of us if we're following Jesus. If you're not yet following Jesus, great news for you this morning. You can begin to believe and you can experience the power and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. So we've got the promise. But of course, we've got the power of the Holy Spirit. We've already heard over the last couple of weeks this a word that is used in the original Greek language with the New Testament was written in. Uh, the word for power is the word dunamis, which means dynamite or dynamo. It's this idea of power coming into our lives, power coming through our lives, power giving us the ability to do that all God wants us to do. Now, this is not an imaginary power. Can I say this this morning? It's not an imaginary power. It's an experiential power this morning. You can experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, in your physical body. In your body, you can experience. I don't know about you, but listen, when you touch power, you will feel it. Does that make sense? You know, if I was to put my hand in an electric socket this morning, after I'd licked my hand or put my hand in water, guess what? I would feel something, wouldn't I? So I, I want us to get out of this idea that this is just an idea. The power of the Holy Spirit is something we encounter in our lives. Jesus gave us the promise, and Jesus said, listen, wait for the Holy Spirit because you will receive power. These followers of Jesus need a power, and we also need power. So why do we need this power? Well, we need it for the greatest purpose that ever was for any follower of Jesus. We need it for this purpose, to be witnesses. To be witnesses about Jesus, about what Jesus said and what Jesus done. If you ever wanted to know church this morning, if you ever wanted to know what is my role in life, I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to sit back. I want you to relax. I want you to realize you don't have to go to this place or that place. You don't have to go to this conference or that conference. You, you simply need to realize what Jesus has said. Your role is very simple. You're called to be a witness for Jesus. Does that make sense this morning? You're called. Every one of us have a, a divine calling on our lives to be witnesses of what Jesus has done and who he is. To tell others of this incredible power that's available to those who believe. See, this is our role in life. This is our goal in life. To be, to be followers, to be witnesses of the amazing truth of who Jesus is. You see, when Jesus said, you're going to be my witnesses, it wasn't a command. 
It, it, it wasn't a recommendation. It was, it was actually the, the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled, there's nothing else you can do but to be a witness for Jesus. It's not for the special few. It's for every one of us who believe. So, you know, I want to encourage you to see the Holy Spirit was given for those who were prophets, priests, and kings before the, uh, you know, the New Testament. And then afterwards, for those who believed, they would receive power to be witnesses. It is a result of being filled this morning, a result of experience, a result of being saturated in the Holy Spirit. When we are saturated in the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing else but begin to say who Jesus is. You don't need special training. You don't need a degree. You simply need to open your mouth and say, this is what Jesus has done for me. Come on, can anyone do that this morning? I really believe that our God is able to help every one of us to be a witness, to share who the Holy Spirit is, to share the message of Jesus with other people. And Jesus gives them these final words, these last words, so important. I remember, Jesus could have said anything, but he says this, wait, wait, for you will receive power, and the Holy Spirit will come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I want to talk about proximity. This idea of proximity is when we're near people and we're close to people, what we are rubs off on them. Have you ever noticed that? When people pick up your habits, hopefully the good ones, but when you're close to people, do you know when people are close to us, even if they don't follow Jesus, there's something that rubs off from our lives into their lives. Why? Because Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And Jesus said, listen, guys, you've got to be my witnesses. You've got to share this message. You've got to be my conversationalist. You've got to be my mouthpiece to the rest of the world. And guess what? You've got to start in Jerusalem. You've got to start right where you are. Now, listen, let, let, let's put a bit of context in this because when Jesus gave this message to the disciples, to his apostles, and he was commanding them and, and, and saying, listen, get ready to receive the Holy Spirit. And he was saying, get ready to go. You know, they got, these guys could have come with all sorts of excuses, couldn't they? They could have said, now, hold on, Jesus. Listen, you want us to share this message about you in Jerusalem? Jesus, don't you realize they killed you there? Maybe they, they could have said, Jesus, you want us to go to Judea? Don't you realize, Jesus, they rejected you there? They could have come with another excuse. Jesus, Samaria, that God-forsaken place, you really want us to, to go there with this news about you? You see, they had lots of reasons why not to. You know, they could have said, well, everywhere you want us to go everywhere with this message? Jesus, to all these pagans, all these people who don't even believe in you. They could have had lots of reasons of why not to go. But Jesus said, hey, listen, forget about that. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and everywhere. I want to encourage you this morning because we may be thinking this morning, well, I, I don't live in Jerusalem. I don't live in Judea. I don't travel everywhere. 
Well, you see, it was a pattern that Jesus gave to his followers, wasn't it? Start right where you are. Start with the message of Jesus right where you are with your family, with your friends, with your neighbors. You know those neighbors? You've got neighbors. They are real people. Neighbors with your colleagues and everywhere else. You see, we make the mistake of thinking, well, I can't go everywhere. Or or, or we make the mistake and think, well, you know, I I don't know who these people are, so I'll do nothing. Can I encourage you? Please don't do nothing with the message of Jesus. Share this amazing story of who Jesus is with those around our world. Why? Because people need hope in their lives. Anyone agree this morning? People need hope in their lives. And Jesus said, you know, we've got to go to our family. We've got to go with our friends. We've got to go to our neighbors. We've got to go there with our colleagues. We've got to go everywhere with this message of Jesus. Here's the truth. The truth is this. We've often made this this process complicated. We make it complex. And Jesus says it's not complex. It's simple. You see, if you're filled, if you're saturated with the Holy Spirit this morning, there's nothing better that you can do. In fact, the result of your life is this. You will simply go and share how amazing Jesus is. You see, scholars, theologians, church growth experts have written reams and reams of stuff of what we ought to do. They've given us strategies upon strategies upon strategies, and they've made it very complicated. Can we think, uh, uh, as we're in the church, I don't know what to do. Can I say, say, we've got to take away the complexity, go for the simplicity, and simply open up your mouth and say, Jesus has done something in my life. Can you do that this morning? Come on, every one of us can do that this morning. Every one of us can go to our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues. Uh, You know, we can go and we can say, hi, amazing Jesus is. It doesn't need to be complex this morning. It can be simple. But let me help you just with a little bit of a framework this morning because you maybe think, well, I, I don't know where to start. I, I, I know I need the Holy Spirit. I know I've got to be a witness, but, but how do I put it into practice? Well, let me give you a little acronym this morning. It's a little bit cheesy. It's not my one this morning, but it's one that's used at the minute. Although it's cheesy, actually, it's quite practical, and it does work. And many churches are using this acronym in order to help them realize that they are on mission with God and for God. And it's a simple word. It's a word that we sometimes use in church, but not so much outside of church, unless you're sneezing, okay? And the word is bless. You ever hear someone say, you know, bless you? Uh, You know, for for many years, uh, my son, as he was growing up, I'm going to embarrass him a little bit because he's here in the audience. But, uh, you know, when he was a bit younger, uh, you know, he always used to hear people saying, bless you, when he sneezed. And then when he used to sneeze, he used to say, bless me. I quite like that, actually. Bless me. And the word is blessed this morning. It's a bit of a religious word this morning, but the word is blessed, and it stands for this. This will help you. You can put it into practice. If you want to reach your neighbors, if you want to reach your friend, if you want to reach your family, then come on, I want to encourage you to do this. Think of this word, blessed, this morning. Blessed stands for, B stands for, begin with prayer. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. The second thing, the most important thing we can do as a follower of Jesus is listen, listen, listen to your neighbors, listen to your family. Just don't come and bombard them, listen to them. The third one is this, the one we will all like this morning, the one that Jesus was really good at, it was this, actually we've got to eat. You know, have a meal with someone. 
Invite them for coffee. Now lockdown is beginning to open up. Can I encourage you to begin to eat? Invite someone for a meal. And then number four is this. S stands for serve. Don't share who you are. Don't share what you're about. But simply serve people. Serve people. And you see, when you do that, then it allows you, and the last S is this, it allows you to share the amazing news of who Jesus is. Now, it's a simple acronym, but it allows you and it allows me to think of my neighbors, to think of my family, to think of my friends, and really challenge yourselves. Are we praying for them? Are we listening? Or are we just coming with our story? You've got to find out about Jesus. I want to tell you this. You see, if you do that, guess what? People aren't going to listen. They, we need to listen to people first. I love this idea of Jesus said, listen, start right where you are. But he doesn't just leave it there, does he? He says, you've got to go further. Go with your family. Go with your friends. Go with your colleagues. Go everywhere. And I've been thinking of this idea of go everywhere. Well, how do we do that as a church? Well, can I say that actually as a church, we can go everywhere. Are you realize that this morning? Are you aware that we can go everywhere this morning? How do we do that? Well, we do it by our online services. Guys, let me just say, let me just pause for a second because it is pretty amazing the fact that through what we do as a church, that we can reach into people's homes all over the world, all over our planet. You know, I want you to realize through online church, through our website, even through Icon Open, the people all around the continent are finding out about Jesus and they're connecting in with who we are all over the world. So you may think to yourself, well, I can't, but can I say, even if you can't, our cameras can let me just say that to you again. Even when we can't, our cameras can. I want to give, uh, ask you to give it up for all the production team and all the tech team this morning. Come on, let's give it up for those guys because they make it possible for us to go into all the world. You see, you may never get out of your, uh, out of your neighborhood. You may never go to another part of the world, but as a church, I, I just want, to, want you to know that we're reaching people all across the planet. You can't but our cameras can't. And it's so important this morning as we think of this idea of the message of Jesus in our lives. The band are going to come back and we're going to close in a moment. I want you to grab this idea that actually we can reach people with the message of Jesus. And this was carried over right into the New Testament, even with Paul the Apostle. And he writes to the Corinthian church and he says, listen guys, I want you to realize that actually... Um, you know, this, we've been given an important message. And, and it's a message to bring reconciliation to our world. It's a message of the good news of Jesus that we can take to others around us. I want you to realize this morning that Paul said that it is Christ's love that compels us to go with this message. Every one of us, because we, even be, because we belong to Icon Church, we have the ability not just to be witnesses right where we are, but even right across the world. I want us to take a moment and consider our spheres of influence. Consider the people we know. Consider those around us that we have the ability to influence. 
I want to encourage you this morning to reach those people. But you know what? We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the promise of the Spirit. We need the power of the Spirit. We need to realize the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we need to realize that actually we are in proximity to others around us. Come on, church. I want you to be ready right now as the band are coming back. I want you to be ready to receive fresh in your life the Holy Spirit. Not just for any old reason, but for the greatest reason of the world. The greatest reason that our world needs, which is this. We need the Holy Spirit to be witnesses of the amazing hope that Jesus gives right there in Rotherham. If you're watching online right here in the room in Chesterfield, I want to encourage every one of us today to receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to think of that word saturate. Because I believe as the band are going to come back and uh, we're going to do this song of worship. I'm going to believe that God's going to saturate us. So I'd love you to stand your feet around the room this morning. I want to pray for every one of us that God would saturate us. Saturate us. That we would be so filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Rotherham, online this morning, right in your home, wherever you're watching from. The Holy Spirit's everywhere. So maybe you want to lift up your hands if you're in a room, wherever you are this morning. And I'm praying this morning that God's going to fill us afresh. Father, I pray for every one of us around this room and everyone watching online, everyone in Rotherham. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to fill us afresh, to saturate us, O God, to saturate us. Lord, that we would experience your power at work in our lives, that we would have such an excitement, such a burning in our hearts, such a fire in our lives, that we would go and we would share this message of Jesus to a world who needs it so desperately. God, I pray that you would just fill us with that power this morning. In Jesus' name, come on, all God's people said, Amen.